transmission, where on modelofcontrol.com gains a voice. later than planned again oops. oops welcome to 2020 this is transmission 018 and we're up to the letter m wow nearly nearly halfway through the alphabet nearly however we've got four episodes of m to get through because it turns out lots and lots of industrial <laughs> bands name themselves with a the letter m <laughs> anyway if this is new to you this is the model of control.com podcast called transmission we're talking about the a to z of industrial music i'm adam i'm daisy I offer the information, Daisy offers the pithy commentary. Mm. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, we'll be looking at all kinds of industrial, which means that that means industrial rock, that means industrial electronics, that means EBM, that means synth pop, that means fuck knows whatever else I can find and dig out of the records and the music collection that we have. Uh, there'll be some music that I like, some music that Daisy likes, some music... Mostly music I don't like, though, to be fair. Let's face it. Yep, and uh, quite a bit that you'll probably like as the listener as well, but there might be, hopefully, some new things to you as well. Um, Shall we get on with it, seeing as we've got four episodes of M to get through? Yes, and it's a short one. It's only nine songs this week. Let's get going. Let's get going. Right, let's start with a band that I adore, and I think you quite like. This will be Machines of Loving Grace. But 
That was Machines of Love and Grace with Butterfly Wings from their 1993 album Concentration, which was on <laughs> Mammoth Records. 27 years old, I still own the original CD that I bought in the first place. Well, doesn't it sound so early 90s? It in does. A, not in a bad way. I, 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 surprise to listeners here, I quite like Machines of uh, Love and Grace. Yeah, and they're a bit of a weird band. Uh, I wrote extensively about them on the Rearview Mirror number six on the website, uh, where I wrote a fairly possibly self-indulgent post that includes <laughs> lots and lots of Richard Broughton poetry because that's where their name comes from um, and they were a bit odd bass led and strange but, uh, put your hands up now listeners how many people first heard them because of that film Oh yes, of course they were used on The Crow, they wrote Golgotha Tenement Blues, which probably alongside Burn by The Cure is probably the two best known songs from it. It's certainly one of the songs that I think fits that film best, it fits the moment of the film perfectly. It does, and, and, and very much the band kind of fit it too, because they were, to put it mildly... Scott Benzel, the lead singer, hated humans, <laughs> and particularly men. There were lots of songs about unrealistic expectations of women and how men perpetuate it, and how he basically wanted the world to basically just wash away humans. And they were never they they kind of they got done over by a record label surprise in the late nineties, and their fourth album, Love Scenes from the Slave Market, never made it out and has never been leaked, and has ne- nothing has ever appeared of it. But all three of their albums are worth If you're hearing. listening, band, and you want to sneak Adam a, a, a copy... <laughs> yeah, I wish. Um, Scott Benzel is nowadays a, uh, a conceptual sound artist in LA, and his website pointedly men- makes no mention of his old band. Um, and I understand attempts have been made to get them to reform for certain festivals in the past. <laughs> if they do, I'm straight there. Hi, guys. <laughs> um, anyway... Um, yeah, pretty much. That's that. They're, um, they're all, all their albums are out of print nowadays, so off to eBay or Discogs you go. Um, there's barely anything on Spotify of them at all. I was going to say, I found that recently when I was going to try and listen to some for the first time in ages. I went, oh, they're not really on Spotify. Bugger it. Yeah. Uh, Golgotha Tenement Blues is on there, and maybe Richest Junkie Still Alive, I think, from Soundtracks, and that's about it. Um, but hey-ho. Um, but anyway, well worth hunting out in whatever form you can find. Or if you know me, ask me and I'll help. Um, we should move on. Yes. We should move on and we're going to move to something much more danceable and much newer. Uh, this is Memaker. <laughs> We'll be right back. 
that was Memaker with Copenhagen Robotic Youth from the reissued version of How to Enlist in a Robot Uprising, which comes from 2010 already. Wow. The original comes from 2008. Wow. That, that song wasn't on the original version of the album, and no one can quite understand why unless they hastily rewrote it later, because it's an absolute banger, and it's always great fun live, and it's great fun live in clubs. Much like Memaker, really. They were never exactly a serious band. <laughs> no, I guess not. Um... Uh, they stole the show at Infest when they played, if you remember, many years ago. Uh, vaguely. I and they was... played Resistance, and they played everywhere else, and they've always been awesome fun. Yeah, they're, they're fine. I mean, it's not the sort of thing that really massively does it for me, unless I'm in exactly the right mood to want to dance, and to dance to that sort of thing. I prefer things generally with lyrics to instrumental. Fair, fair. And they had some good samples along the way. They're kind of Get Your Ass to Mars, of course, was... Um, might have borrowed a little bit from Total Recall, just a tiny bit. Well, yeah, I mean, it's fine, it's fun. Just not massively my bag. That's 1-1 one, one so far today. Well, one win, one draw. Mine. Okay, fine. <laughs> All right. Well, I think you'll like the next one, and it'll probably take you back a little bit, because you might not have heard it in a while. This is Mindless Self-Indulgence. That was Mindless Self-Indulgence, which shut me up from You'll Rebel to Anything, from 2005. Well, that sounds about right. I mean, that's sort of... No, it was a bit earlier than that when I first discovered them. It must have been about 2002, 2003. So, yeah, that sounds about right. Mad. Remember how big a thing they were? They were, yeah. <laughs> we saw them live, didn't we? We did, in Nottingham. Uh, Nottingham. Yeah. And there were lots of lots of little kids, lots of teenagers. Yeah, I was These stood. I was stood very at, old. I was stood at the back over, and I could see perfectly to the stage because there was no one taller than me in front of me. I was only in my twenties, and I felt very old at that gig. <laughs> <laughs> it was fun, though, as I recall. Yeah, it was alright. Thing is, it kind of went off the boil, didn't they? Because they were one of those bands that really didn't give a fuck. They were. They did whatever they felt like. 
but equally good at, yeah, I think their stuff is fun, but at the same time, once you've heard it, you've kind of heard it. They didn't really move or progress what they were trying, their sound. It just, after a while, it was like, yeah, heard this already, uh-huh. to be honest. And let's be honest, if we're going to play anything in a club or expect to hear anything in a club, it's going to be one of about four songs. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. It, that being one of them, with its excellent Yeren Vasquez video and random whip cracks. and yeah. And it's dumb and it's fun and it's maybe we're a bit old for it now. I don't know. But they've been on. <laughs> I'll hu- still dance to it if I'm in the club in the you know and something like that comes on. Oh yeah, absolutely. I'm not too old for it in that no. sense. But it's now six years. They went on hiatus in 2014. Jimmy Euring has done a solo album since that was kind of mindless self-indulgence without half the fun. Um, and he seems to have gone on to do other things. Um, will they come back? Who knows? But they were a lot of fun while they lasted. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right, next up, let's move on uh, to uh, an industrial metal band that you probably don't really like much. (laughs) Here's Misery Loves Company. Nothing to lose You give and you take The things you forsake Everything I wanted Nothing I know we're running late And the future's way behind No I'm by your side Only leftovers remains And I know you the same Listen, no need to get away Zero Nothing can stop us Stop us, see you. 
That was Misery Lives Company with the title track from their recent new album, Zero, which made it into the top ten in my albums of the year list last year. Wow. And was also their first album in 19 years. Wow. Been waiting for that for a long time. It was <laughs> fantastic. Um, did you ever like them? Um, no, not. I mean, I didn't didn't not like them. I just they just sort of passed me by, to be honest. Ah, fair enough. They were they were always one of those bands that never quite made it as big as they should have done because they made quite a splash with their first single, that uh, "Kiss Your Boots," that starts very quietly and then crashes through the walls, takes the door out, and then takes the floor out as well. Um, and was I used it at autonomy a few times yeah. uh, in the middle of noise sets, and then just dropped that, and the whole dance floor went mental. It was great fun, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it was it, they were industrial metal in a proper sense to start with, and then went very goth and very doomy. And I've got to say, that didn't sound like something from last year. I thought that was a lot older. That song, huh? Really? Yeah. Huh. Okay. Interesting. It didn't sound like like late twenty tens or whatever we're calling last decade. It sounded like nineties. They kind of picked up where they left off in many ways, and their last album was in 2000. Um, but they do what, you know, many of us quite love them, and they've they've had a good positive response back. I've just kind of got my fingers crossed for a non-festival show in London at some point, because they played Bloodstock a couple of years ago, but it was one of the ones I didn't go to. And I was like, please come to London again. Patrick, if you're listening, please come to London. <clears throat> But yes, anyway, I kind of... Or play a festival that Adam goes to. Yeah, that works. That works. I kind of had a hunch they might not be a band that you really listen to mm. much. Yeah, fine. Mm. Yeah. yeah, okay. Well, shall we move on? Mm-hmm. Okay, next one is um, something that made quite a stir at Infest, appeared for one show and then disappeared, having released one album. <laughs> I think I know what this is going to be already. <laughs> and this will be Mandroid.
Well, <laughs> that was Mandroid with a zero one instead of the OI. <laughs> because uh, that's Cyborg. It is. That track was Counter Evil from their one and only album, Robophobia, from 2012. Um, possibly the greatest piss take of industrial ever made. Um, because that song, of course, is a perfect, perfect facsimile of agrotech of the and goblin vocal stuff of the previous years. It really, really is. Until you listen to more detail and you realise the count is sampled and Honestly, tell me there's a better sample out there anywhere in serious industrial than using the count from Sesame Street. Well, yeah. Um they were also the single greatest band to open Infest, possibly. Except for the few dead serious people near us who were just sitting there with their arms crossed tutting. Uh-huh. <laughs> Because uh-huh. industrial is serious business. Yeah, yeah. Um, of course, made up by seri- at least one serious industrial artist who decided to have some fun. Who I think has been on this list already, hasn't he? Uh, he has, actually, yeah. yes, he has. Um, but he shall remain nameless, as they chose not to put their names on anything. If you know who it is, you know who it is. That's fine. Um, but yes, it's actually well worth hearing the album, even though it's a piss take, because it's actually a very, very good album. It knows its uh, references, and it's very polished, considering that they basically founded, did that show, did that album, and then fucked off again. Uh Uh-huh, and gone off to do other things. So, yeah, that's fine. We can understand that. It's fine. Um, But it's a hell of a lot of fun, and uh, and it highly comes recommended from both of us. Um, Yes, if you want something, you know, amusing... Yeah, because it does happen that, you know, there is humour in industrial music occasionally, not that you'd often know it. And God help me, I can never hear that bloody Summer of 69 song ever again, thanks to Mandroid, because I always want to sing their version. Good point. Good point. (laughs) Shall we move on? Let's. Let's move on. Uh, Something, the other side of the North Sea now, and we're going to Belgium to go and join Metroland.
That was Metroland with Talis, the London edit, from their Talis EP of 2014 that was out on Alpha Matrix. Metroland are one of those bands that I rather love. Mm, I know you do. Um, they, uh, where did I find them first? I discovered them first, they were playing at Bimfest early one Saturday afternoon, the second time I went in 2012. And they were fabulous, and doing weird songs about the London Underground, and I was there like... <laughs> What? Very much relevant to your interests, I think. Yeah. Um, a band obsessed with design and with inner city transport and ended up bizarrely doing Talis in conjunction with the train operator. So the video uses their footage and it uses their colours and it comes in different versions. So the London edit's in English, the Dusseldorf edit's in German, the Paris edit's in French and I think there's an Amsterdam edit in Dutch and Flemish as well. Yeah, yeah. Which is kind of cool. And I have it on very pretty red vinyl mm-hmm. somewhere. Um... And they, yeah, sure, they owe a bit to Kraftwerk. All right, uh-huh. quite a bit to Kraftwerk. Yes, they do. And that's kind of a Trans-Europe Express for the millennium, I guess. Um, but it's kind of a lovely song, and they're good fun. And they've done lots of lots of interesting things and interesting experiments, doing, making, going beyond just two dudes with synths and making some vintage electronic songs. <laughs> Actually kind of coming up with concepts to make them interesting. Um, you know, um, I think they're on hiatus at the moment, but I'm kind of hoping they do something new soon. It's probably about time. Maybe they'll go and do American transit networks. Who knows? Well, they've moved on from transit nowadays. Yeah. The last album involved photographers. And they should change their name because they're not Metro. Uh-huh, oh. yeah. Um, apparently they owe their name to OMD originally. It comes from an OMD song, oh. uh, the, the title. Um, an OMD have had them support them somewhere in <laughs> Europe, I think, before. So, um, you know, they, they know their references. They, they come from other Belgian bands but kind of deliberately kind of hide their origins and their names so their passenger... M and Passenger S or something like that. <laughs> but, you know, it's kind of hel- helps with the mystique. <laughs> but, you know, anyway, they're a band I like a lot. Uh, and uh, keeping up with newer music and newer EBM, yes. actually, as it goes, this is Multiple Man.
was Multiple Man with skin, or perfect skin, depending on where it's printed, uh, from their album New Metal of 2017 out on DKA that was in my top ten that year. In fact, my top five, I think. Mm. It was a, like a High proper, properly sleek, dirty EBM album from two Aussie brothers, one of whom is now in Europe and the other's still in Australia, I, be- I believe. So not making more music then? No, they are. That's oh, the thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Long distance. Yeah. Um, we're currently waiting for them to do some new shows because apparently they might be playing in Europe this summer uh, and I've still not seen them live yet. <laughs> but um, definitely love that album. So you're hoping for Infest announcement then? Fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah, damn right. What do you think? It was alright. Probably works better in, like, you know, sweaty, dirty clubs, <laughs> frankly, because it's that kind of album. Yes, I can hear that. Yeah, the entire, there's only eight tracks on the album, but every single song is just dance floor bound. It just takes a while. The vocals aren't really at the top somewhere. They're kind of hidden in the mix. It's all about those rhythms. And, you know, that's kind of what EBM's for, right? Yeah, you know, I guess. If we'd, as I said at the time, I think, if, we'd have had, if Endurance was still going, I'd have been expecting to hear it there. Probably. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's kind of it's almost a good sign of exactly where EBM is at the moment. People who are actually doing slightly something slightly new with it. It sounds like it, the old stuff, but sounds modern as well. Yeah. Um rather than just sounding like it came out of 1985, <laughs> which some bands are very very guilty of. <clears throat> so anyway, we're going to move on now. Okay. We're going to move on to something actually from the 90s and a bit older and a bit weirder. Okay. And I've got a question for you after you oh. listen to this. This is Mentalo and the Fixer. Thank you. 
That was Mentalo and the Fixer with Tachyon from their album Burnt Beyond Recognition that was out on Offbeat and then Metropolis in 1997. Mm-hmm. So, do you know who Mentalo and the Fixer are? The band or where they got the name where from? Where they get the name from. I have a feeling they're somewhat obscure Marvel characters, but I don't know. You much are more indeed than correct. That. They are indeed ah. Marvel villains from the sixties. <laughs> um, but Ma- Mentalo and the Fixer were the name were used as the nom de plumes of Gary and Dwayne Dassing, the brothers that started this group. Uh, nowadays, you didn't expect me to know that, did you? I wasn't ah. sure whether you did or not. Um, I presumed you might. Um, but yes, they are. Uh, nowadays, it's just Gary Dassing, but they were a kind of a slightly weird in- electro industrial band from Texas, I think, originally. Um, but still on and off going. But most important stuff was from the 90s. And uh, they are named as a major influence, and this probably won't surprise you, by Dead One Eye Founder. Uh, among other bands of that ilk. Uh, there's a few bands that have finally taken up, because they were a little bit out there at the time, because no one else really sounded like them. And I've one of those bands I probably should have listened to more. I've always had a passing interest in them, and a little more. Um, and nowadays, I'm very much a kind of one of those bands that pop up in conversation, but if someone else mentions them, but that's about it. You know, you're not going to hear them on a dance floor anymore. No. Which is a shame, really, because there's lots of bands like that that kind of got buried in the mix well, and got lost somewhere along the line. Maybe start DJing again and stop playing things like that on the dance floor. That'd mean I'd have to start DJing again, yeah. wouldn't it? Yeah. Maybe that's the... I don't do resolutions, but maybe that's an aim for 2020. I should actually do some more DJing. Not just at a friend's birthday party. Yeah, quite, where I'm never going to get away with playing Mental O and the Fixer, let's be honest about this. <laughs> um, so, uh, yes, anyway, uh, let us move on, because we have one more song this week, and it's probably the one you're not going to like. Why do you always finish with a bad note? Why can't you finish with something you know I'm going to like? I mean, that maybe would be I'll, nice. Maybe I'll do that next time. Maybe I'll do that next time. Anyway, this uh, that we're finishing with this week is Marching Dynamics.
That was Marching Dynamics with Bizango Datura from the, the second album, The Workers' Party of Haiti, that was out on Hyman in 2009. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think this is going to be one that interested you particularly. Just not my sort of thing, I'm afraid. Experimental, it's... weird EDM electronics. I just... it's it's Yeah, I, I'm not going to say it's awful because it's just not my sort of thing. I can't judge whether it's good or bad, that sort of music, because I just don't really get it. Mm, fair enough. You're really, really not going to like Shane Talada's other project that will come in a few episodes' time under the case of The Operative, because it's a lot heavier and a lot yeah. stompier. Yeah. Um, and he has a new album coming soon as well. Yeah. Um, but uh, Shane Talada has uh, worked with Jeff Swearing Engine, who I believe is actually a, uh, a pseudonym for someone who I know quite well in L.A., um, well, I'm not totally sure on that because I've seen conflicting information, so I'm not going to run on that. Person you know quite well in LA, please drop him a line to confirm. <laughs> yeah, quite, quite. Um, but Marching Dynamics were around for a couple of albums and quite interesting. Uh, at points got quite heavy, but often were more cerebral stuff like that. Um, and I, I have a lot of time for that kind of in experimental electronics at the edge of the uh, at the edge of the industrial spectrum. I'm well aware that many don't. Uh, and, there's, <laughs> and there's normally one artist of that kind at Infest every year in one form or another. Yeah, at least one. Yeah. Sometimes two. Yeah, and there's a lot of. I think there's space for it because I think someone needs to experiment somewhere and fill in the gaps that others can't be bothered to do or don't want to do um, but anyway so that's that's this week and we'll continue with M on 19 in a few weeks time uh, well we say a few weeks time based on our past performance we'll see yeah we'll, we'll see now we have a new microphone set up and and it's a little and it's a little easier to record hopefully we can uh, I will find the time at some <laughs> point in the coming weeks uh, what else has been going on recently well the end of year not year's... a lot quiet January yeah quiet January there's not been a lot of gigs going on but uh, back in December b- between the last time we recorded this and this one uh, all of the best of 2019 went up on the countdown series on amodelofcontrol.com uh, where I uh, where I gave Boy Harsha my album of the year with my assistance mm. for the first time ever Adam couldn't choose between two albums for album of the year so he let me listen to them both and tell him which one was best which she did which she did <laughs> and that's all i told him was that one's better i didn't tell him anything else no indeed you didn't uh, number two by the way was teeth of the sea who also took best out the best gig of the year and best song went to an experimental bristol act called scalping with a track called ruptured that absolutely kicks uh, they're somewhere between experimental post rock and band and in EBM and are very very odd um, but are brilliant uh, but definitely not something I think Daisy's going to approve of in time <laughs> uh, I'm not sure you've heard it yet no I don't think I have yet ha 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 I think I listened to about two new albums in 2019 so. maybe you should try listen to more new stuff in 2020 um, maybe 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 well, uh, what's coming up? Uh, coming up, uh, there'll Not be... a lot, actually. It's still quite quiet. It is. Uh, I'm making it to Three Teeth and Pig on the 6th of February. That should be good fun. I uh, heaven. won't be. That'll be a nice, loud show. Um, and there's lots and lots of gigs coming up. Uh, look on... Um, on the Welcome to the Future posts on the website because they will they give a Google calendar that gives up all the stuff that's coming up that I add on there as we go along. Uh, just announced today was another gig from Chicago industrial band Hyde who are playing the Moth Club in April, for example, which rather surprised me. And we should expect Infest announcements very soon. Hopefully. Uh, all along, uh, while Resistance has sold out already. Yes, so uh, I'm afraid, listeners, you won't see us there because we didn't get tickets. No, no. Uh, we decided to pass on that one this time round. Uh, and uh, uh, because we have other stuff planned around about that time of the year at the moment. So uh, we weren't able to make it, but uh, I'm sure I'll hear back from everybody about it in time. Um, and on that note, we should probably wrap up. Yeah. Um, 19 will follow. Uh, look out for new posts on the coming weeks, including if uh, and look out for the whole series I'm going to be doing over the course of the year about the history of the industrial scene in the UK. Um, which has come up with some interesting stories already that I'm starting to write about, and I'll be looking at city or region by region. Uh, and I'm, you can hear it exclusively here. I'm starting with Sheffield. Uh, <laughs> and you've also got your um, albums and tracks of the decade that you're working on. I am. I'm, I actually did some more work on that yesterday as it goes. So that will so. be coming soon as well. Find out what Adam thought was the best song of the entire last decade. Uh, yes, I haven't actually decided yet, but I've got a couple of ideas. Uh, But anyway, we shall move on. We shall leave you, and thank you for listening. Uh, I've been Adam. I'm Daisy. And we will see you soon.